0: Love Talk Radio. Hi, I'm Jody Mullen. Welcome to Freakishly Well-Behaved Kids. This series of podcasts is dedicated to helping parents and other people who are connected with children help children behave and be their best. I'm in a unique position to share this with you because I've been a child counselor and play therapist for over 25 years. I'm also a mom. I learned many of the lessons from my child clients and my own children that I'm going to share with you today. It informed my parenting as well as my parent coaching and consulting, and that's all part of what I do in my clinical practice. I recognize in working with thousands of of children and parents that there are some simple principles for parenting. I'll cover more than the 20 principles for blissful parenting that can be found in my book, Um, Raising Freakishly Well-Behaved Kids. Um, These principles are simple and life-altering. They will change and enhance the relationships you have with children, how children behave, and how you feel about yourself around children. They'll improve your overall parenting esteem. For more on parenting, check out that book um, that was inspired by children and the conversations in this podcast, aptly titled Raising Freakishly Well-Behaved Kids. And you can also find additional resources for parents and professionals at www.integrativecounseling.us. Today, we're in a really unique place because we're talking about being perfectly whelmed. My guest is Faye, and Faye is going to help me talk with you about how we can achieve balance in our lives and practice that, such that we can demonstrate that to our children and as parents. It's like we get to pass that on. Any stories we share related to clinical work, we've made efforts to disguise identifying information, and any likenesses would just be a coincidence. Lastly, I invite you to come hang out with me on social media, on Instagram at, at Dr. Jody Mully and on Twitter at Dr. Jody Mullin. So those are some ways that you can um, keep connected. So welcome, Say.
1: Hi. Thank you for having me. Oh,
0: um, this, I'm so excited about our conversation today because today, Say and I are, we are talking about something that we were talking about privately. <laughs> <laughs> and what we were talking about was that we were both so overwhelmed and were really struggling to like pull back enough to become unoverwhelmed. And um, in our conversation, if I'm stating this correctly, Faye, is that we talked about, like, it's becoming perfectly whelmed. I think that was the term that you said. And then we just kind of, like, shot off of that and came up with some ideas about that and how that doesn't just affect you personally, but how that affects others that you're connected with, professionally and personally. And so that's what we wanted to talk about today.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Started so, privately and I'm taking it to the next level here.
0: Exactly. So if you don't mind talking about it, I think this is a good place to start. And, you know, certainly um, I, I'm going to chime in as well. But how do you know even when you're overwhelmed? Let's start there. Like what are some of the clues to you that you're already overwhelmed?
1: Right. So I think it comes down to just feeling like, not only do you have too much on your plate, but it's kind of like you're saying yes to too many things. You're not putting yourself care mm-hmm. first. Um, and you're kind of just feeling like you have so many things, you don't even know where to start. That's kind of yeah. how I get. Um, and it kind of gets to the point where you're starting to jeopardize <laughs> your sanity a little bit.
0: Yeah. It feels like that's flipping away. And I, I, I think for me, the key is when I'm re- overwhelmed is I get um I notice that I'm impatient with self but then I start to get impatient with the others around me like I find every email I open a hassle every text message I get I'm like what, what do you want? want right yeah um so one of the things, uh, one of the images uh, Faye and I created, and um, you can see these on our creative our counseling uh, Instagram account and on our Facebook account, and um, we tried to put it out as, in as many ways possible, is this kind of cycle of feeling overwhelmed. And so some of the components of the cycle are, and, um, and we want to be really clear that this isn't just limited to this, but this was where we kind of got. Started with it is that feeling of there's not enough time so right. that was a pretty pretty much a um a constant in that overwhelmed whenever we're overwhelmed we're feeling like there's not enough time uh and then where what do you do because there's not enough time you you, t- you take time away from the things that are important to you, and there's still not enough time. Um, then, the, uh, the other thing we were talking about, and Faye, maybe you could give a little bit more um, description about this, is that 24-hour access. So, we first of all, we don't feel like we have enough time, but then what is this 24-hour access piece?
1: So 24 hour access, I feel like this all of the time. And I, I kind of think it's just both our culture and just like the age of tech. Um, it's just kind of like feeling everyone has access to you all of the time and everyone needs your attention all of the time. So this would be kind of similar to like response times and email nudges where you mm-hmm. just feel like you have to get to every text, you have to get to every call, every email, and people can get to you no matter what. There's like no no sacred self time anymore.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and that can definitely feel overwhelming uh very quickly
0: <laughs> yeah yeah so so part of that is like that there really is 24 hour access in some ways but you don't have to like respond to it but I'm thinking of even i had this happen with like a like actually somebody i go to the gym with who um they texted me and then i didn't respond for like three days because it wasn't anything pressing and when uh the next time i saw them they said something to me about it they said like wow you um are like hold the record for the longest it takes to respond to a text and and i think (laughs) and i think part of that is um you know like you were saying there's no time for that you feel like is time for self and I would say that like the word that's coming to me is there's no sacred time so um, you know so my students and this is I know this is partly on me my students my staff um, some of my uh, clients um, will text or email or call even on times that I consider sacred, but I haven't delineated that those are sacred, right? So if I haven't said from 9 p.m. to 9 a.m. is sacred time, <laughs> then right. then people don't know that. So definitely woven into that cycle of overwhelmed is being able to, to you know, to break that even a tiny bit, right, with being able to um, set those kind of boundaries or make those kind of limits. But definitely that 24-hour access and response time, ugh, is overwhelming for sure yeah <laughs> yeah and the um that myth of multitasking too is I don't know how many people it's at least one person a day I hear say like I'm really good at multitasking and yet the research shows nobody's really good at multitasking <laughs> no as <laughs> so much as we think that's
1: true it's true. absolutely not
0: Exactly, right? We convince ourselves that we are, and then we try to do that. And then meanwhile, um, and I'm going to use a term that my father uses, so is, um, is that we do things half-assed, right? Because if we're not paying attention to something, and that goes into the other part of being, the cycle of being overwhelmed, is we have the scattered or divided focus. So at the same time that I am having a Zoom meeting, I'm also typing an email, or at the same time that you know, like I'm exercising, I'm listening to a TED talk. And that might be like, that might be a good thing, right? But at the same time, it's like you are multitasking and you are, and you do have this scattered and divided focus. How do you and see I think that? As far as far as I'm multitasking sorry.
1: goes, no, that's okay. As far as multitasking goes, I would say that there's also like a huge pressure, like from society in general, for that's kind of like a, like an, Incentivized thing, like people want you to be a multitasker Mm -hmm. and be able to handle that. And sometimes it feels almost overwhelming to try and let that go, Um, even though it's so necessary for self care to just focus on one thing at a time.
0: Right, right. And and I'm just thinking too of how that um, interacts with parenting. So I want to make sure that I kind of weave that into this conversation. Is that as a parent, that may mean that. Um, during dinner like during dinner time which may be sacred um family time in you know in your family and in your home is that you're also trying to teach your child a lesson about x or you're also practicing you know the alphabet or you're also tr- you know like but that you're not just focused on just enjoying each other's um company and uh, i just read this quote and I, i'm sorry that i don't know who to credit it to but the quote was um, "Enjoy every sandwich," and I thought, like <laughs> besides, like besides making sure that we are like being mindful when you know when we're having the sacred time of you know sharing a meal or eat just even um, a coffee ourselves, is the the that enjoy every sandwich is like that whole idea of not multitasking, right? If I'm enjoying a sandwich. I don't even know if I could enjoy a sandwich or enjoy a coffee or enjoy a fresh bowl of berries. I couldn't enjoy that if I'm also doing something else. It's impossible. Um, And so, you know, so I think it it is this like illusion of divided time can can still be and multitask time can still be time where we're really focused. Um, And then the interpersonal part of that is how do we really focus on the other person whoever it is, whether we're doing parents, whether it's our, um, whether it's our children or other important people in our lives, we can't. Right. That's mm, so, it's such a bummer. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so the tough truth.
0: To, yeah. So what, when, when we were um talking, you know, privately um about what, some of the things that we needed to do better to become perfectly well. What were some of the things that like got you excited when we were talking about that?
1: Right. So I think one of the things that excited me most um, that I've actually already started to incorporate in my life is devoting time to doing absolutely nothing. And I know that we kind of said like choose some time to say no to everything and yes to nothing. And that's really been sticking with me. And I have just devoted myself to an hour a day of doing literally nothing <laughs> and
0: it's really helping. Yeah. How like how do you notice it's helping?
1: Um, so I feel like I don't have anything else in my mind. So I kind of try and remove myself from that scattered, divided focus and multitasking and just focus on the one thing. And I noticed that my productivity during the day is better because I gave myself time to do absolutely nothing.
0: Right. Yeah. That you were that you were able to just go like and a nice, but <laughs> what, what did you say? I'm sorry, Miss A nice exhale a nice exhale, yeah, and I think about like how important that is to also mo- you know to model for our children or to model for the children in your classroom, or you know to model for the people in your life is that like I'm gonna take time um for myself and and one of the things that behind the scenes Faye and I um, kind of dared each other to do was to do some of these things that we're saying um, would be complementary to becoming perfectly whelmed and just, you know, kind of have the opportunity to um, just sit with them and, and, and have some feedback related to that. So one of the things that I did um, that we're suggesting is I downsized my to-do list and by that. Um, I found what worked for me is I still have my daily to-do list, but I, cr- I pick two things to cross off of it that can wait till the next day. <laughs> and so I kind of rotate them through. Um, and because I'm putting too much on my to-do list, and I think what happens when we do that um, is that then uh, when we get to the end of the day and we now we need to either stay up later and sacrifice sleep or we go, I couldn't get it done. We're mean to ourselves. Either way, we're being mean to ourselves, which keeps us in that cycle of being overwhelmed. So if I get to the end of the day and I'm like, oh, I haven't done everything, I, you know, stink, then I'm being mean to myself. And then if I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to stay up until I finish this, then I'm not getting enough sleep. And that just creates this cycle. Um, So downsizing my to-do list was Um, in the past week or so has been very helpful.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: And Um, and another
1: thing is making a list of things that overwhelmed me. That's like one of these things that I have noticed has helped me a lot. So I made a list of things that overwhelm me and then a list of things that help me relax. And for everything that overwhelms me, I try and like counterbalance, you know, counteract it with something that that does the opposite reaction Mm -hmm. to, to reinforce that perfectly whelmed.
0: Yeah. 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 And, and I think when we, you know, we were thinking of these, um, the other thing is that sometimes the things that um, kind of counteract that overwhelms and gets you to perfectly well aren't going to work. So you need many of those things, because, right. I mean, sometimes for me, a run will work. Other times, a run just makes me anxious, because I'm thinking of all the things I need to do when I'm done with that run. So, it's not, so it doesn't always get me to that, to that place. Um So, we, you know, that is something that we wanted to make sure that, um, you know, we spoke about today, is that, sometimes those things that work aren't going to work. They don't work every time. And to be able to have, you know, some backups, um, especially as you're juggling multiple, and I think this is, you know, one of the keys, is juggling multiple roles. So even in our just our professional work or our, our work at you know as homemakers we're juggling many many roles and i think that you know becomes part of like okay (sighs) again the exhale (laughs) right absolutely and and say could you talk a little bit about like um you know one of the things in your bio is that you're you know a full-time marketing professional with more side hustles than you can count how did that get that way
1: Right. So just me in general, I've always kind of been like a workaholic. That's just something that's genuinely been a thing for me since I was, you know, 14 or 15. I've had a job since then, never stopped working. Um, So I I tend to sign myself up for as many things as possible. And it kind of removes the pleasure from me a little Mm. bit. So my blog started out as as an outlet and now it's kind of a source of income, believe it or not. Um, (laughs) So it kind of. I think that's also just like American hustle culture. Like that's expected of people that are my age right now to just kind of work and work and work and work. And we tend to turn hobbies. I, I mean, this is what I, what I hear from people that are also my age that do this. We turn hobbies and things that we enjoy into some sort of monetary gain. Right. <laughs> and that can definitely become overwhelming really quickly and, and end up being the direct opposite of what the original intention was.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: Create something to enjoy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and that's where that the things I want to do, the things I need to do, and the things other people want me to do um, comes into play, right? Is that like the because it was a hobby, it used to be a thing you wanted to do, (laughs) and then something shifted, and um, you and you know there is like our financial and economic advantages to this, but now it became a thing you need to do. And then when, once you have customers and connections, then it becomes a thing other people want you to do. Oh Absolutely. my goodness, right? Right. Yeah, so um, so the, making sure I think that we have some of those things in our daily lives and in our connections with, um, you know, for those of us who are parents, our connections with our children, that there are things I want to do. Um, I, I think of uh, this for me this is um where it really hits home when i feel when i don't feel overwhelmed when i have time i like love making meals for my family i love making you know um like the entire thing like even does you know desserts i love baking for my family but um if i don't have time it goes from a thing i want to do and that i enjoy and that comes from like a place of uh joy and love to a uh, what am I? What are we gonna have for dinner? I don't want to. There's nothing here. I don't want to make anything, and 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 I don't enjoy making the. <laughs> I don't enjoy making dinner, I or which is typically the meal we have together. Um, and then, um, I don't enjoy eating it either. And I and I'm I'm not in that place of being able to enjoy my family, because I'm like, sorry, this dinner is like, blah, but I was uninspired. But it be, it became something that I needed to do, because of being old, because I was already overwhelmed versus something I wanted to do.
1: Right. Yeah. And I think finding a balance between like, all of those different things, the things I want to do things I need to do and things other people want me to do. I think mm-hmm. that really does, like, even just looking at that, from like picking something small. So for me, it's biking. Biking is something I'm never going to try and monetize or turn into a side hustle. <laughs> it's something that I enjoy. No one else wants me to do it. No one needs me to do it. And it's not something I need to do. So that's like my one thing that I want to do just for
0: myself. Mm-hmm.
1: And I think finding things in each of those categories is is perfectly healthy. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I love that you say that too is because like um that might take people a moment, right? To figure out what is it that does not isn't something I have to do and isn't something I have to do for somebody else. You know? Right. It's like do I have and it brings me joy. Do I have those things? Because that I I think right there, Faye, you really captured when you're when you can become perfectly whelmed is when you have that, when you have that light graduate. Regardless, is like then I can become perfect, perfectly perfectly well because those other things um, are easier to do when I when I have done something for myself. Absolutely, and I think so.
1: Another example of this is um, yesterday I went to yoga with a girlfriend. So typically for me, yoga is just something that I want to do. I do it on my own, um, but she ended up saying like Let's go to a class. So we went to a class together. So that kind of turned into things I wanna do, but it's also something that someone else wants me to do. And that doesn't mean mm-hmm. that I do less, but it kind of feels like another thing on my plate. Yeah. And I think it's important to remember that you're absolutely allowed to say no to things that other people want you to do
0: <laughs> in yeah. order to do
1: and- perfectly well. <laughs>
0: Well, and how, and and what that means about you, right? Because I think one of the things that we sometimes do is when we say no, then we also, eat, whether it's to our children or whether it's to our friends or to our partners or to our parents, whoever we're saying no to, um, oftentimes we tap we attach something to that, right? So. Right. Um, and then, and then that just like that feeling on the inside of guilt, which is usually the one that goes with it, then Absolutely. that becomes like uh, I'm, you know, I'm a, I, I did something wrong because I set a boundary. I said no, but how important that actually is in, um, into being uh, perfectly whelmed, because um, if you said. Okay. I think one of the things we talked about, right, and and I think it's worth mentioning again, is that when you are, when you are saying yes to something that you don't want to do and doesn't serve you, you're saying no to you. You're you're like, yeah, talk about that, because that really resonates with you. I can hear it in your voice.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so I, I think this is not just me, but I think a lot of people could probably relate to this. But I tend to. You know I tend to to say yes to people that want to do things with me because that's that's mm-hmm. also something that's pretty important um but there are definitely days where all I want to do after work is relax and make time for absolutely nothing, like I said before mm-hmm. yeah um, so i think I think setting that boundary and kind of like setting a non negotiable for yourself to to make boundaries just because you need them is totally acceptable
0: mhm. Yeah, and I think that, again, that models something really important, you know, for the other people in our lives, is that, like, this is, I'm not going to, and I know this might sound kind of dramatic, but I'm not going to sacrifice myself, um, and I think that that's an important thing for the people who we love um, and who we're connected to, to see in us, is like, no, I'm, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that, and I, um, and I, reflect on it a bit because um, I have a, you know, a 21 year old daughter and I can see, uh, you know, I can see where she over, um, over schedules and, you know, uh, makes commitments to herself that don't serve her. And I think, ah, I know why she does that. Cause she watched me do that. And so I want to make sure that even though I'm a parent of a, of an adult that I still can show her that, I do say no and that if, and that that is important, Um, that's not just important for me, it's important for how I parent my adult child and how I parent my teenage, older teenager child and how I run my practice and all those other things, but that becomes really, really important.
1: Right, and I think that reinforces the idea of, you know, the concept of not being able to pour from an empty cup. So if you're not taking care oh, of yourself, yeah. not fulfilling your own needs, then you're really not going to be able to be there for anybody else either. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's something that's that's another key of being perfectly whelmed is making sure that you fill your own cup.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and the ways that you're doing it. And I think also sometimes even – Saying that that's what you're doing is like um, being able to have like a policy kind of around that is being able, you know, being able to say, oh, yeah, um, I don't, I don't, I've, I mean, I've had um, clients at my clinical practice be ask me if I could see them on a weekend. No, I don't, I don't work on weekends. That's how I, you know, rejuvenate so that I can work, you know, work during, during the week. Um, so I feel like that, you know, like um, that's part of it. But also even saying to your children, like, um, and this is something that I was decent at, not great at, but I might would say to my kids, like, mommy needs uh, 15 minutes in her room to just gain some energy back. And I would just sit, like you said, and do nothing. But I sometimes just needed to f- sort of settle down because one of the things I noticed, you know, as a, like I said earlier, as a parent is my patience would run thin. And then when my patience is running thin, is I'm not good at really anything. I'm not the best counselor and clinician that I can be. I'm not certainly not the best parent or partner that I could be. And so, you know, being able to have some even and, – and I love the word policy around that, to create some policies or non-negotiables. Um, and one of the things that I also found works, and we – you and I had talked about this is putting them right on your calendar is putting them on your to-do list or your schedule because you're making um, at that point you're making a contract with self
1: absolutely like my calendar will say for an hour in the morning that I'm doing self-care and that is all that I'm doing just for me
0: (laughs) yeah and then and then um, I'm curious because you you said you like do it in the morning so then how does that impact the rest of your day
1: um, I, I honestly don't know how I could manage before that, because if I don't make time for myself in the morning, like my morning is like my sacred time yeah. and the way that I start my morning, I've noticed kind of dictates how my day goes. I feel so much more productive and I feel like my cup is full. I did everything I needed to do. And if I skip that, I just don't even feel the same. Like I feel like a little bit overwhelmed and like out of sorts and yeah, definitely a necessity for me is to make time in the morning.
0: You know, as you're saying that, I'm thinking about when my uh, children were younger and, um, that you know i and i think that this is kind of like a thing at least in dominant united states culture is you read them a book you tuck them in you say good night but by that time um if i reflect back i was already spent and yeah i mean i did enjoy cuddling with them at night time and reading them books but then when i was done i was done i was like all right i'm out <laughs> um, and so i just and i and i definitely know that that was a place where my patience would start you know, to uh, impact, like they you know, my kids would ask, can we, can we read another book? And, you know, I'd be like, no, we can't. I'm mommy's too tired. Um, and one of the things I think parents sometimes um, kind of skip out on is you can do that in the morning too. And so like um we, that was something that we did uh, on occasion in our family is we would start the morning like that because in the morning it felt like, I was doing it for me. I was doing it for them. And I, I so I, I wanted to and I needed to, like I needed to that feeling of connection uh, with my child and wanted that for them as well. But it, it kind of uh, touched on all of those bases. And th- those days, um, you know, I felt like it was a much better start. So whether you're doing that, you know, for yourself or you're doing that in connect, uh, well, doing it for yourself and in connection to other, it's how you start your day. Uh you know, it really it really can uh dictate how what follows. So right. we only have about a minute um of time left to talk about this, which, you know, obviously we can talk about forever. So what's the <laughs> one thing that you kind of want to leave people with in terms of coming perfectly well? Um,
1: I would say that the the thing that really resonates with me the most is is the finding balance between all of these things in your life and and being able to say no both to yourself being you know putting yeah. too much on your plate and saying no to others that's definitely mm-hmm. the most important for me and the most
0: life-changing yeah so, yeah, thank you for, uh, you know, emphasizing that. And I would say <laughs> this may seem silly, but do it out loud. So when you're when you're crossing things off your to-do list or when you're, you know, is to just honor that and say, like, nope, that's too much. It can wait till tomorrow. You know, just be able yeah. to hear yourself say no. And then also to be able to say, it. You know, one of the uh, principles in freakishly well-behaved kids is to say no to your kids and how important that is. If you want to know more about what Faye is up to, check her out at, at Rip Current uh blog on Instagram and um thank you so much for listening. Thanks for having me, Jody. You're welcome.